0: Thanks, Craig. Hi, this is Tony Cover Magazine. I'm speaking to Craig Comrie at ProvMet, the CEO of the Medical Scheme for the Professionals. Craig, thank you very much. It's great to be chatting to you again.
1: Yeah, good to be with you, Tony.
0: Um, Craig, always an important topic to talk about our healthcare. Um, for most people, you know, um, it's one of those things that you don't really notice until you need it and then you realize how important it is and how uh, actually privileged you are when you do have medical aid, especially uh, a good medical aid. Um, but just like most other things in our country, um, there are challenges uh, with the medical aids and the topic that we're gonna be talking about today is specifically about uh, uh, the skill shortages and the challenges that we currently face and that we might face into the future, so maybe you could just um, tell us a little bit about the impact of um, skill shortages in the healthcare sector, and then obviously how it affects uh, the medical aid and the healthcare funding.
1: Yeah, thanks, Tony. The, I mean, the skills shortage in healthcare is 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 very clear to see. Um, usually, if we look at typically a measure of of a year-on-year increase, such as a consumer price index or inflation and um, we realize that the basket of services is driven by, by different factors. But if you have to look at something that we term healthcare inflation, um, one of the major drivers of healthcare infla- inflation is, in fact, the shortage of those healthcare skills. And we can't isolate ourselves or even insulate South Africa versus the rest of the world. We've seen during the COVID pandemic, that the rest of the world has also woken up to their own skill shortages as well, and they've done their very best to attract healthcare workers, doctors, specialists, and even nurses to their shores to fill those gaps. And so, um, we're facing an exit of of healthcare skills, and we can't produce sufficient skills to replace them. And so, what we have to start really thinking of is how to produce more skills, and it's. In effect a, a very easy economic equation of supply and demand as we produce um, uh, doctors we see many of them exiting to these overseas uh, countries and so the ones that are left effectively can demand um, the reimbursement or the salaries that they that they want uh, only because there's no alternative and so what we have seen in the medical scheme industry the last few years is fewer and fewer specialists and doctors charging what would be acceptable medical scheme Mm. rates and so we see a gap between what the schemes are reimbursing um, versus what uh, the doctors are charging and the difference often lands up into what we call co-payments and and that means the individuals are having to pay out of their pockets that difference Mm. Mm. Uh, so as we see the the healthcare industry suffer with this with this issue it's I mean, medical schemes certainly can only pay certain amounts towards doctors. Um, In the public sector, we see the same. I think it's the fact that we see those growing queues in the public sector as well. There's no increase in funding in the public sector. And uh, in the medical scheme sector, a part of of that additional premium every year, which you'll probably find sits closer to the 10% than to the 5% on a normal year, um you'll find is driven in part by this lack of and shortage of skills
0: yeah so so um, i mean how, how do we deal with it i i read a report yesterday i think from Health life healthcare group um, where they were talking specifically just about nurses um, and the shortage of skills there and their plans to train more nurses and that sort of thing but from a medical aid perspective how do you manage to keep costs down in a, in an environment like that.
1: yeah, take some some smart um, redesign of how you how you get your benefits um, aligned to what what the needs of our members are. Um, much of that is in the in the face of where we are engaging with with the hospitals and and providers in terms of trying to find better ways, to get um, people to access their services. One of the ones that came through specifically during COVID is people were scared to go to the doctor if the doctor didn't tell you not to come to his, his waiting room. And um, they engaged the doctor over the telephone um, mm. and using telemedicine or digital platforms to access doctors. And obviously when you're doing that, the the doctor usually can see more people and at a lower cost as well. So we see mm. a slight move into the telemedicine space which certainly is one one way to create better pricing and efficiency i guess the over in overall medical schemes try and encourage better behavior and healthier behavior mm. and try and limit uh, people from having to access expensive healthcare in the end in any event so what you are trying to do is promote engage and educate people on on avoiding Um, These these lifestyle diseases that we see more common, both in the aged, but we now also see it creeping into the younger population as well. So Mm -hmm. education and encouragement, even incentivization goes a long way in terms of changing some of those negative behaviors and keeping people healthier rather than just paying for when they need uh, Mm -hmm. to access those Mm -hmm. doctors.
0: Because it must be a difficult balance on your side, because on the one hand, you need people to take care of their health and therefore see a professional when they need to so that it doesn't escalate. But on the other hand, you also want them not to just see a professional when they don't need to. Um, and um, so, what role can, for instance, intermediaries or, or um, healthcare, you know, where the brokers play a role, play in that sort of space? Or is it purely on? the medical aid to ensure that education and communication, etc., takes place.
1: I always say healthcare is a team sport, eh? so um, the broker is essential in providing that education to, to the individual in terms of understanding what the need of the individual is and making sure that where, th- where they need uh, to access a specialist, that they've got that type of cover. We do see a lot of people just buying healthcare or medical scheme plans based on what they can afford. And, and there is a danger in that because when you need more extensive cover, then you don't have access to that. In, in, in essence, you pay for what you get. Mm. Um, and you need to be careful in terms of analyzing the option you're on on the medical scheme to see that it suits you. Um, often, we have uh, people with chronic conditions buy the lowest. Um, most affordable plan when in fact we know that they're going to need access to a doctor, to a specialist, and then when they do that they're going to have restrictions on on accessing them or they're going to suffer those co-payments that we spoke of initially. Um, Mm -hmm. So it really is important that the broker understand the need of the individual and and give them appropriate advice in terms of what is the best cover for them. Um, and, And on the other side, once A person has medical scheme cover, we do a lot of analysis in terms of the claims that we receive for each individual who's on the medical scheme, and we have some smart actuarial uh, tools that actually can project and predict um what their healthcare needs are in, into the future so often we we use something like a disease management program to engage the individual and then mm. you can educate the person according to their need you can actually mm. tell them look um we've seen your weight um uh, increase we we've seen um maybe your diabetes not being controlled this is going to be a problem and we suggest and you go see a doctor more regularly or you test a bit more regularly and we have mm-hmm nurses and skilled professionals that encourage our members to do that. So to avoid the hospital event, you know, those big hospital events. I always say it's, you know, the person who's had the heart attack now all of a sudden wants to have um, or wants to lose the weight and exercise and do all the right behaviours. We need to get the person before they have those those real adverse events and try and help the individual. Uh, stay away from from the hospital and uh, and long term, more severe treatment.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's always the um, I suppose the main focus is to stay healthy and avoid treatment. Um, but uh, Craig, just in closing, from a collective perspective, in terms of the healthcare funding industry, um are there initiatives and discussions as to how this can be addressed and how this could be addressed as a collective?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's there are a lot of initiatives that try to move um, the types of cover we provide from what we call curative for so so people landing in the hospital or in front of the doctor to a space where we're trying to get people to actually own their health behaviour and own their healthcare consequences mm. in a way that they take charge of becoming more healthy on a daily basis and that's that's probably the best. Uh, money that even a medical scheme can spend when it when it comes to its members mm. um, I think there are lots of other uh, initiatives in terms of policy reforms that are coming through from the government so not all that is said to be national health insurance is a bad thing um, it's also a move to try and get our primary care um space in the right space you don't always have to access a doctor you can access a nurse if you need to mm. um, you can go to a pharmacy if you need to, and, and ask the pharmacist to assist you before you, you get to the doctor as well. And yeah. so there is this move, and I think there's, people are becoming more aware of accessing different types of healthcare services in a smarter way as well. And so mm-hmm. that, I think, is 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 the encouragement that I would give to everybody at the moment.
0: Yeah, great. Craig, thank you so much for your comments. It was great um, chatting to you, and um, yeah, I mean, thank you for um, the medical aids that look after us, you know, um, when you need it and it's not there, that's when you realize how important it is.
1: Yeah, we're happy to so, be there for you. Yeah, great to be with you, Tony.
0: <laughs> great stuff. Craig, thank you so much for your um, discussion.